Welcome, dear listeners, to the first installment of the AM Drive Time Show in the English series called Ramadan Around the World. For the Arabic series, tune in to the next episode with Abir for her series called Tufu Shuf. The following is a compilation of pre-recorded segments prepared especially for the month of Ramadan. First, we shall begin with a brief outline of one of the countries of the world. Accompanying this is an interview with a member from our ethnically diverse Muslim community in which they will share with us some information about their traditions from the beginning of the holy month of Ramadan up until the blessed occasion of Eid al-Fitr. Amid some beautiful chants that put us in the atmosphere of this time of the year, we also have some lovely poems layered with encouragement to properly utilize our limited and fleeting time this month. In our lineup, we also have a piece of dialogue that is rich with benefits and a series about the events from Islamic history that occurred during the holy month. We want to carry on with our text and win competition, so stay alert as we might ask the question at any point during the episode. However, be warned as the Ramadan text and win questions have a specific WhatsApp number separate from the Tuam FM WhatsApp number. This number will be mentioned alongside the question. And finally, we conclude this lineup with a short religious lesson. The AM Drive Time team would like to congratulate you on the advent of this blessed occasion and wishes you well during this month. We hope that you keep in touch with us during the upcoming text and win question and we hope to reconvene with you all for our live episodes after the month of Ramadan. beginning the core segment of our series in which we speak about Ramadan traditions across the world. First, let us introduce our chosen country for this episode. Today, we are speaking about Ukraine, and then we will hear a little bit about the experiences of a dear sister and how she commemorated Ramadan in Ukraine. Ukraine is a country located in Eastern Europe, bordering Russia to the east Hungary, Slovakia and Poland to the west, and Belarus to the north. It is located on the shores of the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov. The capital of Ukraine is Kyiv, which has a population of 2.884 million as of 2017. The country of Ukraine is the second largest country in Europe after Russia. The country's landscape is primarily level plains. Mountainous areas can be found on the borders but are extremely scarce, such as the Ukrainian Carpathians and Crimean mountains. The language of Ukraine is Ukrainian, that is, most of the population speaks Ukrainian. Ukrainian belongs to a branch of Eastern Slavic languages while sharing some elements with Polish, which is a Western Slavic language. In 1986, the incident of the Chernobyl disaster occurred. 
wherein a nuclear power plant exploded and released radioactive elements over the surrounding area. Consequently, the town of Pripyat was fully evacuated and in total, approximately 200,000 people are said to have been relocated. The incident also had long-standing negative impacts on the population's physical and mental well-being. Ukraine is said to have 160 mosques. Amongst them are Ar-Rahma Mosque. This mosque was the first mosque established in Kyiv and was built with the donated money collected from the local Muslim population. It is said to accommodate up to 3,000 people at a time and has a 27-metre-high minaret. Another mosque is the Mariupol Mosque. This mosque opened in 2007 and shares some architectural similarities to the Suleymaniye Mosque in Istanbul, Turkey. Although Ukraine does not have an especially large Muslim population, the influence of the Crimean Tatar population, which is an ethnic group consisting of Turks, Uzbekistanis and other ethnicities, is evident in the Ramadan traditions of Ukrainian Muslims, particularly in the foods prepared for the breaking of the fast. Now, let us hear a bit more about the atmosphere amongst the Muslim community in Ukraine from a dear member of our community. Welcome to the special Ramadan segment, Ramadan Around the World, where some of our dear brothers and sisters from a variety of different countries and ethnic backgrounds tell us about the way that they would commemorate the holy month in their home country. Today we are joined by Paulina. Hi Paulina. Assalamu alaikum Dima. Wa alaikum salam. How are you? Barakalafiki. Alhamdulillah. I'm good. Thank you. Alhamdulillah. That's good to hear. And Paulina, where are you from? I'm from Ukraine. Okay, Ukraine. So tell us a little bit about the atmosphere amongst the Muslim community during the month of Ramadan. The atmosphere feels very amazing. It used to be a very long day and very hot days. It it was summer when I started fasting in Ukraine. And uh, you will be fasting from really early in the morning until really late. I would say 9 or 10 o'clock in the evening. And then you're waiting forward to have some civil water and some delicious food. And it's followed with the lessons and then Tarawih prayer. It's beautiful, mashallah. So tell us, what is it that you saw in Ukraine from your traditions that you don't see here? Well, we used to like to spend more time in the mosque, not just to go and pray and have a lesson, listen to the lesson, mm-hmm. but also we would make a cup of tea, have a little chocolate or biscuits on the side and have a chat mm-hmm. to comfort each other, to welcome each other, to talk about the life that we are facing outside of the mosque mm-hmm. and to support each other. So it's not just in and out. You don't just pray and then leave the mosque. You actually sit there as a community and bond. Yes, we do. We used to spend half of a day or a day sometimes. That's beautiful, mashallah. It's one of the traditions that uh, I hope that we can bring here, inshallah, during the month of Ramadan. I hope so. So uh, we also have the bookstore built next to the mosque and the cafe 
that you can um, go and have some halal food to eat. And um, yeah, you spend time in the mosque and outside in the mosque, but at the same time, you spend it in a good way and uh, inshallah in the obedience of Allah. Yeah. So these traditions that you've been telling me about, were you able to bring them here with you or do you feel like your traditions have changed when you came here? I feel like it's very different here because in Ukraine we used to uh, gather all together in the mosque and spend time all together over there. Mm-hmm. And here, uh, yes, alhamdulillah, we spend time for the lessons, for the uh, iftar sometimes, yeah, as you know, and uh, all the rest of the time you'll be visiting other people and you'll be invited by other people, families, like friends, and sometimes someone, you know, random, subhanAllah. <laughs> yeah, we do have some, uh, mashallah, some beautiful community members that will open their house, open their door to you um, and invite you for iftar, which is beautiful. But uh, you're saying, so instead of doing that kind of visit to a person's house, you would actually eat together in the mosque area? Yes, every uh-huh. night. MashaAllah. SubhanAllah. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to the topic of suhoor. So that is the period of time before the fasting day where a person would wake up in the night, or maybe they would be still awake, um, before the fasting day where they would prepare their sahur, which is the food that they would eat during this time. So I wanted to ask you, Paulina, what are your habits during the time of suhoor and what sahur would you be eating? So uh, sometimes we stay at night and then uh, we pray before Fajr and uh, we also have some food to eat. I personally uh, really like to have a cup of tea with a bit of sugar or honey and uh, just a small pestimon on the side. Pestimon, the persimmon, fruit? yeah, the fruit. I found it uh, very beneficial at the days of uh, Ramadan and the days of fasting because that way I don't get thirsty and I don't get hungry. Oh. I tested so many times and if there was a morning that I haven't had that fruit, I actually get thirsty and hungry. Oh. But um, yeah, it's amazing. How interesting. Maybe we should try that eating persimmon for sahur as our sahur. MashaAllah. So Paulina, do you have any traditions on the first day of Ramadan? I uh, actually get very excited. And I can't sleep all night before Ramadan and same at the end of the Ramadan. And uh, I will uh, be citing the crescent if I could or waiting for the news. You don't feel the tiredness even if you were to stay up all night the following day because of all that excitement. You're just energized by the atmosphere of the first day of Ramadan. Isn't that right? Yes. SubhanAllah. So now we're going to be moving on to the part of the episode that makes us a little bit hungry. And we're going to be talking about the food that you eat. So, Polina, what are some of your staple dishes in Ramadan? Uh, We have something similar, uh, like um, biryani, Mm -hmm. I would say. But it's just called different name. I won't recall it in English, sorry. (laughs) It's something traditional come from Uzbekistan, from Samarkand. It's rice with meat and uh, some spices. Mm -hmm. And it's just delicious. <laughs> What's it called? Plov. <laughs> <laughs> MashaAllah. Is that your favorite food? You eat it every Ramadan? Yes, we eat it quite often. I won't say every day, but even if it's cooked every day, it's just amazing. Because it's done in a really big pot on the fire outside mm-hmm. of the mosque. And we actually gather together from the like afternoon time, acid time, and uh, peel few huge bags of carrots 
and onion and the like, and other people are preparing meat and then uh, rice, and then all together in the big pot on the fire. Wow, sounds delicious. So what about desserts? I uh, like ajwa dates, the one that from Medina, the prophets, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, used to like. How beautiful. That's your dessert. The absolutely favorite, yeah. SubhanAllah. You know, sometimes we go a bit complicated with dessert, adding, you know, sugar and what have you. But, you know, SubhanAllah, the simple date uh, is, uh, you know, it's sweet. It satisfies our sweet tooth. It's very healthy. And it's healthy, yes. That's right. SubhanAllah, about Ajwa dates, I have a story. When first time I've heard about this type of dates, and to the time that I've tried, and first time I've tried in Australia, it took me five or seven years between I've heard about them and I've tried first time. And it was just amazing. So we've spoken about Ramadan, the foods that we eat during Ramadan, and... um, even some of the desserts that you eat during Ramadan, uh, dates are very popular during that month. But now I want to ask you about the end of Ramadan, when we reach uh, the blessed occasion of Eid al-Futr. What desserts do you eat during that time? Uh, we usually have a lots of cookies and uh, little chocolates that separate covered in the nice cover mm-hmm. and cakes. Ukraine uh, is very popular and has lots of factories making these chocolates mm-hmm. and um, cookies and cakes, and uh, it tastes amazing. Oh, mashallah. Everything Sounds is amazing. Delicious. Everything <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> mashallah. Well, thank you so much for telling us about your traditions during Ramadan. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Enjoy Ramadan, the best month of the year, with 2MFM on 92.1 FM. Now comes the quiz portion of today's episode. Over the holy month of Ramadan, the AM Drive Time team has prepared some quiz questions. Some are in Arabic and will be asked during the episodes of Tu Fushuf by Abir. And others are in English and I will ask them during my episodes of Ramadan Around the World. To submit your answers, please send them through our exclusive WhatsApp number that we are using for the month of Ramadan. It is 0491-733-448. That's 0491-733-448. The winners will be selected at the end of the month of Ramadan, so ensure that you are following along and answering all of our text and win questions. Are you ready? Here is today's question. On which night of the month of Ramadan was the Qur'an brought down in its totality to Baytul Izzah in the first sky? Once again, on which night of the month of Ramadan was the Qur'an brought down in its totality to Baytul Izzah in the first sky? If you have an answer, please send it to our exclusive WhatsApp number that we are using for the month of Ramadan, which is... Zero four nine one 
seven three three four four eight. That's zero four nine one seven three three four four eight. Make sure to include your first name, last name, and suburb, as we always do with our text and win questions. Ramadan Mubarak from the AM Drive Time team. to some dialogue between two sisters whose conversation touches on a variety of benefits and reminders surrounding the month of Ramadan. Assalamu alaikum Dima, Ramadan Mubarak. Wa alaikum salam Sarah and Ramadan Mubarak to you. How are you feeling now that this blessed month has come around again? What can I say? Alhamdulillah, it's such a blessing to be alive for yet another Ramadan. Life is becoming increasingly difficult for many Muslims around the world. I ask Allah to make this month a time of peace and prosperity for the Muslims who have been suffering in the midst of all these tragedies. We praise Allah and thank Him in all our situations. I mean, you're so right. That's what this life is. We see difficulties minor and major every day. It's a reminder of how fleeting the pleasures of this world truly are. May God grant your heart peace in this blessed month. Ameen, and same to you. Ameen. 
These hardships are a reminder for us to be consistent from the very beginning of the month in performing good deeds and refraining from sins. We should never forget that this could be our last Ramadan ever. Exactly. How many did we know, older or younger, sicker or healthier, who did not live to see this Ramadan, though they had probably made plans for it? It's a common story. The story of the one who waited for Ramadan to repent and passed away long or even shortly before. Many await this month to come around before improving their situation. I address myself first before anyone else when I say, do you not realize that you cannot guarantee a single breath? This world will surely come to an end and paradise is deserving of our efforts and sacrifices. It's true. Let the one who didn't pray before rush to start doing so. Let the one who did not fast before begin immediately. Let the one who must pay zakah or give other people what is rightfully theirs rush and do this without delay. Yes, blessed and fortunate are the ones who built up momentum by performing good deeds before the month of Ramadan began. Definitely, these people, the people whom Allah guided to the path of righteousness, find no difficulty in leaving worldly pleasures behind. May Allah make us amongst them. Ameen. So, of course, in determining the beginning of this holy month, many people went to try and sight the crescent. How exciting would it be to see the crescent of Ramadan? Yes, to witness that sight for yourself and know that you've reached the best month of the year at last. Subhanallah, the one who made it so easy for us to identify the beginning of Ramadan simply by sighting the crescent on the night following the 29th of Shaban, by which we know that the following day is the 1st of Ramadan, or by our inability to see the crescent, in which case we would proceed to the 30th day of Shaban. Exactly, and we know this from several ahadith, such as the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, in which he said, الشَّهْرُ تِسْعٌ وَعِشْرُونَ لَيْلَةٌ فَلَا تَصُومُوا حَتَّى تَرَوْهُ فَإِنْ غُمَّ عَلَيْكُمْ فَأَكْمِلُوا الْعِدَّةَ ثَلَاثِينَ This means the lunar month is 29 nights, so do not fast until you sight the crescent. However, if it is cloudy, then complete the count to 30 days. And this hadith was narrated by Al-Bukhari, Muslim and others from the roots of Abdullah ibn Umar. And let us not forget the dua that one says upon seeing the crescent, Allahu Akbar, Allahumma ahillahu alayna bil-amni wal-iman wal-salamati wal-islam wal-tawfiqi lima tuhibbu wa tarda rabbuna wa rabbuka Allah. I find myself watching that moon very intently for the entire month, although I don't do so quite as much outside of this month. Why is that? I find that it's good to be wary of the time that lapses on you during this month and to always keep it in mind so that you are more encouraged to spend time engaged in acts of worship. I watch the phases of the moon as it grows when we are closer to the middle, shrinks as we come toward the final days of Ramadan. These phases are a visual representation of the time that we have left and seeing that moon grow smaller again tells me that I need to make sure that I don't slow down and that in fact I should speed up as the month of Ramadan draws to a close. You make an excellent point. How many times have we welcomed this month only to find that so quickly we reach the first day of Shawwal and are giving our Eid greetings? <laughs> Yes, subhanAllah, this conversation reminds me of another hadith narrated by Al-Hakim in which the Prophet said, اغتنم خمسا قبل خمس حياتك قبل موتك 
وصحتك قبل سقمك وشبابك قبل هرمك وغناك قبل فقرك وفراغك قبل شغلك and this hadith means make good use of five matters before the occurrence of five other matters make good use of your life before your death your health before you become sick your youth before you become old your wealth before you become poor and your free time before you become preoccupied. Had we always remembered this advice, we would have been in a better state. We would rush to give what we have from our time, from our wealth, our health, our youth, and our life towards the Islamic causes, ensuring that we fulfill the obligations and avoid the sins. But we forget sometimes in the hustle and bustle of this world, and reminders are important. Barakallahu fiki. Amin wa fiki. Events in Ramadan from Islamic history The birth of Imam Al-Hassan In the middle of the month of Ramadan, Imam Al-Hassan was born. Imam Al-Hassan is the son of Imam Ali 
the son of Abu Talib. He is also the son of Lady Fatima. May Allah raise her rank, the daughter of our messenger. And he is the beloved grandson of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Imam al-Hassan was said to bear a striking resemblance to the Prophet and it was Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who chose the name al-Hassan for him. On the day of the Aqiqah of Al-Hassan, which was on the seventh day after he was born, the Prophet ﷺ shaved the head of his grandson and ordered that the weight of his hair in silver be donated. He was known for his many good traits. He was a patient and peaceful man who carried himself with humbleness. Among the virtues of Al-Hassan, may Allah raise his rank, is what was related by Ahmed in his Musnad and Al-Tabarani from the root of Abi Sa'id that the Prophet said, Al-Hassan wal-Husayn, Sayyida Shababi Ahlil Jannah. This means Al-Hassan and Al-Husayn are the masters of the youth of the people of paradise. Al-Hassan performed pilgrimage 25 times in his lifetime walking on foot from Al-Madinah to Mecca, and his camel would walk beside him. He was the caliph after his father, Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, was martyred. Al-Hassan passed away in Al-Madinah in the month of Rabi'ul Awwal and was buried in the graveyard of Al-Baqi' alongside his mother, Lady Fatima. And Allah knows best.
Counting down from Rajab and Sha'ban, and the long-awaited month has come at last. We hope this blessed month will bring with it peace from the hardships present and past. Ramadan, the best month in which we fast. Mercy, forgiveness. Protection from hellfire. Beware, as its days surely feel so fast. So fill your days and nights with acts of worship, for a reward so vast and forever it does last. Ramadan, the best month in which we fast. Reflect back and reflect inward. Compare your habits and contrast. Purify your heart and ensure 
that in this month your past you have surpassed Ramadan, the best month in which we fast. Praise be to Allah, and may Allah raise the rank of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In this lesson, we will be talking about how the beginning of the month of Ramadan is determined. The obligation of fasting the month of Ramadan becomes incumbent upon the occurrence of one of two matters. Number one, to cite the crescent of Ramadan after the sunset of the 29th day of Sha'ban, the month directly preceding Ramadan. Or number two, if the crescent is not seen, then completing 30 days of Sha'ban. So the beginning of the month of Ramadan, as well as the end of the month, is determined by citing the crescent. If the crescent is not cited, then the month would be completed by 30 days, as is the case with determining all the months of the lunar calendar. This is taken from the hadith of the Prophet, related by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. لا تقدموا رمضان بيوم أو يومين صوموا لرؤيته وأفطروا لرؤيته فإن غم عليكم فأكملوا عدة شعبان ثلاثين This means do not fast one or two days before Ramadan. Start the month when you see the crescent and end the month when you see the crescent. If you are blocked from seeing it, complete 30 days of شعبان. Hence, on the 29th day of Sha'ban, directly after the sun sets, the Muslims look towards the western horizon. If the crescent of the new moon is seen, the following day would be the first day of Ramadan. If it is not seen, because the sky is cloudy, or for another reason, then the next day will complete 30 days of Sha'ban, and the day after is the first day of Ramadan. The judge confirms the beginning of Ramadan if one upright Muslim whose testimony is acceptable to the judge, bears witness he saw the crescent. Several conditions must be met for a person's testimony to be acceptable to the judge in this matter. They must be Muslim, male, pubescent, free, clear of enormous sins, clear of having their small sins exceed their acts of obedience, and one who abides by the ethics and manners of the people of their class. So, if a person who did not satisfy these conditions testified to the judge that they saw the crescent, for example, a woman, a child, or one who commits enormous sins, then the judge would not confirm the beginning of Ramadan and would not announce to the general public to commence fasting relying solely upon their testimony. However, if just one upright Muslim who has satisfied the aforementioned conditions testified to the judge that he saw the crescent, the judge would confirm the beginning of Ramadan for the next day. This is known from the hadith related by Abu Dawood from the root of Abdullah ibn Umar. Abdullah ibn Umar told the Prophet وسلم, that he cited the crescent. So the Prophet fasted the next day and ordered the others to fast as well. Be warned of those who determined the month of Ramadan relying upon astronomical calculations. Prophet Muhammad informed us that such calculations are not relied upon in determining such matters. Imam Ahmad related in his Musnad that the Prophet said, We 
which means we are a nation that does not depend on writings and calculations to determine the beginning of the month. The month is either 29 or 30 days. Praise be to Allah, how easy the matter is. Any Muslim with sound sight can observe the crescent. They do not need to rely on complex calculations which only a few people understand. And Allah knows best.